0: Good afternoon, y'all. Great to see y'all on this Tuesday of Holy Week. Um, I was kind of torn on what to preach about, so the gospel is phenomenal. It's, it's the, really the Last Supper, and that's actually going to be read again on Thursday. So I'm going to hold off to preach on that on Thursday. I'm, I'm very intrigued and drawn by Jesus' week, what happens each day of Jesus' life as he now has his eyes set on Jerusalem. I mean, think about it. He knows he's about to die. Right? He's saying it plainly. And it begs the question for each of us. What would you be doing if you were told that you only had one week to live? All right, Or one day to live? What would you do? All right, I'd go skydiving, I went Rocky Mountain climbing. Just kidding. Um, yeah, so what would you do if you knew that you only had one week to live? I think all of a sudden, everything just kind of like, it becomes like super, super, like what's most important? Do I really want to go to Disney or do I want to spend time with my family, right? Like what's most important? And you remember those days. You remember those conversations, right, within our lives. Um, And so I think it's intentional. What is Jesus doing today? This is day three. Let's back up. Day one was Palm Sunday, his entry into Jerusalem as king. Day two, yesterday... Um, Jesus came into Jerusalem and he cleared the temple out, right? He grabbed the whip and he flipped the money changers' uh, tables and he cleared out the temple and said, you are making my father's house a den of thieves. Today is day three. This is what Jesus would be doing on day three. It would be on Matthew chapter 23 for the most part. Jesus begins to go in after clearing the temple and, uh, and he denounces the hypocrisy of the scribes and the Pharisees. Like, y'all, this is intense stuff. Like, for the whole chapter 23, verses 1, all the way through verse, I don't know, 36, he's plummeting these guys. All right? Over and over and over and over again, Jesus says these words But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. All right? Three lines later Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Four lines later, woe to you, you blind guides, who say, if anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the goat of the temple, he's bound by, oath, you blind fools. <laughs> Jesus is not playing. He's trying to get to their heart. He's trying to wake them up, right? Six lines later, again, verse 23, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Right? Guys, I don't know about you, but I don't want to get woed by Jesus. When he woes somebody, it's not nice. All right? Woe to you. Again, verse 25, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You cleanse the outside of the cup and of the plate, but the inside is full of extortion. It's this last one that is amazing. Verse 27, again, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within you're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanliness. Jesus, you're going to hurt their feelings, right? Y'all, that's intense. They're called whitewashed tombs. You look pretty on the outside, but on the inside you're full of dead man's bones. (laughs) What does he mean by this, right? Well, what he means by this is that they have all their rituals and the things that they do, but their hearts are rotten. Why? Because they're plotting to kill the Son of God, and he knows it. Inside of them is death, spiritual death, and they separated themselves from the spirit of the law of Moses, right? And so Jesus is he's speaking harshly, it seems, but it's actually Mercy. He's trying to show mercy to them. And so he goes on, like, and I'm serious, I would just encourage you to go read that. It's amazing, right? And so, like, that part right there, I was, it, it causes us to reflect, you know, what ways in my life have I been a whitewashed tomb where I, where I lay down burdens on people, but I'm not practicing it myself, right? And he, he calls them that. And then Jesus goes from there, and he goes out to the Mount of Olives, um, and he begins to speak about his second coming. So Jesus is going. To, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm gonna be crucified. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be hung on the cross. I'm gonna carry the cross, and I'm gonna rise from the dead. Jesus says. But then he now he focuses on. But there's a second coming. This is the resurrection of the dead. So what is Jesus doing? He's setting their eyes on what's to come. Past the crucifixion, right? Because if all they're going to see is the suffering death, they're going to get really, really down on themselves. But this is, he's, he's implanting hope inside of them, right? That it's not going to end with his death. It's not going to end with his resurrection. It's not even going to end with his ascension. It's going to end whenever he comes back triumphantly at the end of time and gathers all people to himself. Those dead bones that are in the ground are going to rise up in the end and rejoin our souls and go to your Place in heaven, or if they're in hell, they rejoin their bodies and they go back to hell. So Jesus is setting their eyes because he knows the tragedy and the despair that they're about to go through, and so he's setting them on the coming second coming, so that they can remain in hope. And so today, um, day three of Jesus's journey to Jerusalem, uh, where do we find ourselves? Imagine being one of those apostles. And you're hearing Jesus boldly speaking to these men, trying to wake them up so they can come into an encounter of God's mercy. Um, And so it's just one more more push for Jesus, right? And so let us meet Him there, right? Let us meet Him there. Let Him convict our own hearts. Where do I need to grow in this week? How do I continue walking with Jesus each day um, as He journeys to Jerusalem? Amen?